Ion 2020 episode 198. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, welcome to another week, another day, another Monday in Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me for another week so that you can learn and know what's going on with the 2020 election and the things that uh, are making news. I try to keep an eye on the news all weekend a little bit and I also try to keep an eye on what's going on uh, and pretty much... As you guys know, all it has been the entire time has been uh, more of the impeachment inquiries, all of the Fox, like all of the news shows, Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, whatever you watch. You go to the hill.com, you go anywhere, it's all Donald Trump impeachment all the time. And uh, there's a little bit of new stuff that came out over the weekend as well, so I guess I'll update you guys on that, and then I'll let you guys know something that, I fe- that I've been feeling lately, just talking to different people that are Trump supporters, to people, talking to people that are not Trump supporters and stuff, and uh, give you some kind of feel on, on what I'm thinking about them as well, because uh, you know everyone's entrenched in their own views, and it's kind of annoying to me sometimes, because nobody's going to look at things from an unbiased perspective. Nobody's going to look at things through objective lenses as well, it seems like to me. And it's hard to, it's hard in this world to look through, at things through an objective lens, right? It's hard to not take in all the opinions that other people have, mix them along with your own opinions, as well as take some of those facts and then mix those in with your opinion, look at them through the lenses that you have, which might be left-leaning, right-leaning, center-leaning, libertarian-leaning, Green Party-leaning, whatever. Whatever your philosophical perspective is, and what it was in the past as well, because I've noticed a lot of libertarians in that sense, if you came from a right-leaning view uh, in the past, before you became a libertarian, you were like a conservative, then you might be more liable to um, liable to defend Donald Trump. And if you came from a left-leaning standpoint, you might be more willing to incriminate him and look at him from another perspective. You might be more willing to look at or listen to the Fox News versus the MSNBCs, depending upon which political spectrum you came from before you're libertarian. So it's it's just annoying to me just all the stuff that is going on, and I try to delve into it and just look at the facts. That's what I'm trying to do, trying to put my own bias behind me. And, uh, and just look at it that way. But anyway, I just wanted to give you my thoughts on that as well uh, and what I'm thinking. So, uh, But first of all, I appreciate you listening to me. Everyone that keeps coming out and listening to the show, I certainly do appreciate it. It's always nice that I know that I see these numbers growing. I see that everyone continues to come back and listen. And I also see more numbers, and the numbers are growing. So it must mean uh, that I'm putting out a good show, and I appreciate that, you know, that, that people continue to keep on listening. If it's your first time listening and you like what you hear, uh, at the end, I always ask people to subscribe to the show so you can come back and listen to it tomorrow. If you want to get a little bit more information about me and uh, you want to see exactly what my point of, point of views are and you want to hear a different perspective or a, a better perspective or a you know a worse perspective, you might think I might have a worse perspective. I don't know. Uh, but you can listen to multiple shows before this one as well. I'm coming up on 200 shows, so uh, 
Uh, you have plenty of good conversations and topics that I've covered in the past, and you can listen to those just by going back and listening to them. But uh, if you like what you hear at the end, subscribe to the show. If you uh, continue to come back, then give me a five-star rating and review. That's always helpful as well. It helps with those algorithms so that more people can hear the show and that more people come and listen to the show. And then those numbers continue to grow, and then we start a movement, you know, because that's what that's what I've always thought is that wouldn't it be great if we can get the libertarian movement going in full swing? It's not just me, obviously. There's lots and lots of other podcasters and podcasts and websites that are out there pushing this pushing this message. I think that we're in a kind of a I don't know if you'd call it a renaissance or a awakening or whatever of libertarian values and libertarian ideas, but you know, you have things going on in two thousand eight in 2012 ron paul the the movement is moving forward we have more voices out there than ever i think right now and we have people on cable tv we have libertarians on cable tv on the news shows you have you know people that are at least libertarian leaning that are talking it's great we're in that we're in a great movement right now and then we have the podcasting world in the in the youtube world that is really easy to get content out there i mean it's very simple to be a content creator so that other people can hear this message, right? And when they're searching through, they might be thinking about the 2020 elections. They search and they find Ion 2020 on the second one. If you put an election in 2020 into Apple Podcasts, second one that's up. Second one that you find. So then they hear my message, the libertarian message that I'm talking about. And maybe you get intrigued about it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, everyone has a different way that they're going to look at things. So... Uh, but yeah, go ahead and give me a five-star rating review so more people can find the show. And then IamTheEmpire.com and uh, IamTheEmpire on Facebook and on Twitter is where you'd find me as well. Uh, check those out. But uh, big news over the weekend, not too much of it, more of impeachment stuff, but um, another second whistleblower has come out and there's a, the attorney that's representing the first rep- whistleblower announced that there's also another whistleblower as well that has more of a first-hand knowledge of it. And so forth, because that was the big criticism that they've been saying is, oh, well, if it's a whistleblower, uh, they should have firsthand knowledge, not secondhand knowledge. And, you know, that's not a true whistleblower and all that. So this person, that's the second whistleblower, supposedly has firsthand knowledge of it. Uh, I haven't read any of those reports. I don't think they've been released yet, but they will be releasing those reports at some point, I'm sure, um, what the whistleblower is saying. Uh, but it just gives the... Uh, people that are looking for impeachment and more ammunition in their gun in order to go after Donald Trump. Um, Donald Trump is defending himself. Donald Trump has the people that are his allies defending him as well. And on the news shows and stuff for the weekend, you just had different people, of course, like Lindsey Graham and so forth. They're defending him. People like Mitt Romney have kind of uh, stepped back from defending Donald Trump. And I don't think Mitt Romney has ever really been a huge Trump defender anyway. Uh, but he's not, and there's other people that are kind of stepping away from defending Donald Trump as well. Um, there could be a little tear in the within the party fabric right now within the Republicans on saying, hey, you know what, maybe we should just get rid of this guy. Who knows? Um, but with a second whistleblower, it gets a little bit more incriminating. Uh, I've been looking at, trying to look at the facts and stuff, and um, like Donald Trump, he claims that there's no facts behind it. It's just, you know, hearsay. But I've always thought to myself, where there's smoke, there might be a little bit of fire. And uh, that's what I'm trying to look for, is to see if there's fire within it. I haven't seen, like, huge amounts of fires by any means. But if you look at the way that the that transcript specifically referred to actions beforehand and actions after afterwards that Donald Trump was instructing people to do. And 
Then during the conversation, he says, can you do me a favor? And then he ties it to that. And even the Ukrainians, uh, some of the people that are kind of like the the leadership there have said, yeah, it seemed to us that he was tying some of the money to the money that that was going to be sent over from the United States, some of this help, some of these we- this, uh, weapons help and so forth was being tied to, hey, him going after Hunter Biden, which to me, it seems to me that the president was using his authority and his power as a president to go after a political opponent. opponent. And to me, that's, you know, that's wrong. That's morally wrong. That's ethically wrong. It's outside of the bounds of what a president should be doing. And, but let's be honest, should America be out there giving out a bunch of money to different countries and so forth? No, but the country does do that. So a president has the ability and honestly has a lot of incentive to do stuff like that in secret. And we shouldn't have a country that has money going over to all these countries in the first place. But that's a that's a problem within the federal government and what it does and the bounds that it's been held to where it's gone way outside its constitutional bounds. And that's something that we have to deal with as Americans. Maybe we need to start as libertarians saying, hey, man, look at this. Why is our country even giving money to people like that? It allows for the corruption. It allows for the corruption. First, we have to realize that obviously there's corruption within this government and stop defending Somebody who's possibly doing corrupt acts like that. Whether he did or did not do it, we need to realize that it leaves it open for corruption. I'm pretty sure Barack Obama would have done the same thing. There's probably tapes out there with him that doing it as well. There's probably tapes out there with George W. Bush doing it. There's probably tapes out there with Bill Clinton doing stuff like that. It's just probably what presidents do. It's probably a normal thing for presidents to do stuff like that. It's just the fact that Donald Trump got caught doing it, and now they're playing they're playing catch up and all that. And now we've figured out ways to get all the sides to go to their different different sides, and they're all fighting back and forth about all the stuff that happened. And one's defending their stuff, and one's blaming the other for doing stuff. And you know everyone's playing the blame game back and forth. But that's the problem with the system. There's a problem with the system. Is where that's where the problem is, guys. Is the system the fact that this country is giving is choosing sides, political sides, all the time by giving money to Israel, by giving money to third world countries, by giving money to Ukraine to defend against Russia, who we probably give money to as well. You know, we loan money to China, or we loan we borrow money from China and then we give it back to them in the form of. You know, government, like, help. We send help to them when they don't need help. Like, but, the, but it gives us the power over those countries. It gives us the ability to go in there and say, well, hey, you know, if you don't do as we say as a country, what the United States government says, then we're going to withhold aid from you. But then it allows a president to get on the phone and say, hey, I'm going to withhold aid from you if you don't do this, this, and this. Whether Donald Trump did it or not, I don't know. I mean, I always say innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Now, obviously, with a president, it's not going to be proven in the court of law. It's going to be proven or talked about and ranted and raved about in a completely partisan manner in the Congress and then in the Senate. So you're never going to get to the bottom of it to see if it's true statements or not. 
or you're never going to have a court hearing that's going to show whether he's guilty of it or not. But then again, why does he have the power to be able to say, if he did say it, hey, what, if you don't, if you don't go after and investigate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, then we're going to withhold money from you. Or not saying that outright, but saying, hey, do me a favor, talk with my attorney who I'm going to send over there to have a conversation with you. And then when that attorney gets there, then he could really go off because it's all off the record at that point. It's all done in back rooms and smoke-filled rooms. And that's what we're dealing with when when the government has that much power, when the government is involved that much in world affairs, when the government is handing out money to countries in the form of aid all the time. That's the problem with this. That's the incomplete and utter problem with the system. And we need to fix that. That's what we need to do. We need to go off and fix that somehow. But that's the big news of the weekend is the, is the um, second whistleblower comes out. That was the thing that was talked about on Sunday. And we're, I'm sure we're going to hear more and more about that this week. So enjoy. Enjoy. And I'll keep you guys updated on that stuff as well. Uh, but this is my thoughts on this, okay? So I'm talking with different people that are Repu- Democrats that are against Donald Trump, and I'm talking about people that want to impeach him. I'm talking to people that are defenders of Donald Trump and so forth. And the problem with the two-party system and the partisanship within Washington is this. The Democrats are running some majorly complete socialists, right? That now you have someone like Elizabeth Warren who's becoming the, you know, surging in the polls, and she's become becoming the person that is most likely to become the Democratic nominee, according to a lot of these polls. And what Republicans are looking at is they're like, well, shoo, man, if we get someone like Elizabeth Warren in here, she's a socialist and she's going to try to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So they're going to try to defend Donald Trump based upon that because they're totally afraid of the craziness that the Democrats are running. And then the Democrats they cannot stand Donald Trump and they're going to back their person as well but when you have and then you have all this partisanship up there but if it's a if it's a democrat that was up there that was the president right now and it was happening to that person and the republicans were sitting there running some crazy right-wing person and so forth then they're going to stand up and defend the person that might be corrupt as well like if Donald Trump is doing some corrupt stuff right now the, de- the Republicans are going to sit there and defend him to their dying breath. And the main reason why is because the Democrats have gotten to the point where they're promising everything that they could possibly promise, trying to one-up each other to get into, to win this primary. And now we're sitting here freaking out about the fact that we have a socialist that might be the next president of the United States. So they're going to back Donald Trump to the... To as much as they possibly can, they're going to offend him. They're going to overlook every possible negative thing that he might do. They're going to offend him and say it's all just, they're just going after him. They're not going to be able to look at the truth unbiasedly. They're not going to be able to look at the truth through objective eyes at all. It'll be impossible for them to do that because they're so terrified of the other side. Because we're in a two-party duopoly right now. It's either you defend your guy their dying breath even if they're doing things that are terrible which I'm not 
declaring that Donald Trump is guilty of all this stuff. I'm not. All I'm saying is that the two-party system forces people to defend their guy or their girl. Whereas the other side is going to try to beat up on that person as much as they possibly can. And it causes division when you have this. If we were in a system where there was a third party or a fourth party or seven parties or ten parties, whatever, then you'd have options outside of that. We don't have options outside of that because if you, next next November, let's just say it's Elizabeth Warren versus Donald Trump. Donald Trump has pretty much been been looked at as a totally corrupt let's just say this he's looked as a total corrupt president he hasn't been kicked out of office yet because the senate is will not go through the impeachment and he will not resign and you're just sitting there looking at it it's it's november 1st 2020 and they have bernie sanders versus versus donald trump i guarantee you i don't care i don't care if donald trump started shooting people in the streets to keep his office. People are going to vote for Donald Trump. I don't care if he came out and says, my name is Satan. Because people are going to vote for Donald Trump. On the very fact that they do not want someone like Bernie Sanders to get elected. That's the why, that's the two-party system we live in. If there was a third option, if there was a fourth option, there was a viable third option. Let's say the libertarians were a viable third option where they held 25 to 30% of the seats in the House and in the Senate, right? Then you would always have people people that are able to get out there and say, you know what? Yeah, Donald Trump, too much of a liability for me. That's true. I'm going to go ahead and vote for the Libertarian because that's a viable option. Most likely the Libertarian is going to get 27, 28% of the vote. Most likely the Democrats going to get 35% of the vote and the other the Republican might get 35% of the vote as well. And if that person can swing 7 or 8%, they can possibly win if they're libertarian, but you don't you don't have that in America. We have a system where it's two people, you have your choice whatever, Walmart or Target, and they're both bad choices at that point, you know? They're both completely terrible choices, but you're lo- voting for the lesser of two evils. That's the system that we live under. And it sucks, but it's just the fact that those political parties have entrenched themselves in our system so much that it's almost impossible to destroy them. It's almost impossible to break them down because people are going to vote for Donald Trump out of fear of Bernie Sanders and vice versa. People are going to vote for Bernie Sanders out of fear of Donald Trump. You're going to have all those independents in the middle. They're like, well, you know what? I'll hold my nose and vote for Bernie Sanders because, you know, he's not sitting there going through impeachment proceedings. He's not the one that's trying to rig our elections and all that, right? And then you get Bernie Sanders, and he's in office, and then he starts doing all of his socialist mojo stuff, you know, and uh, starts taking over the economy and, you know, making the – they're taking over the oil industry and making it public and doing whatever socialists do. You always see it. Starting the socialist revolution in America. And uh, that's what you're stuck with at that point. That's what that's the huge fear that Americans have of socialists. I mean, look at the show. Have you guys ever seen the movie? It was um, Obama's America or something like that that was made in 2012. It was a Republican hit piece on 
Barack Obama. It was actually in the movie theaters and everything. And it made it look like Barack Obama wanted to make it so that the Muslim world takes over, or Muslim countries take over the world. Like, when you look, look at it, you're like, holy cow. If you watched that movie, you would be terrified of Barack Obama. And this came out in, like, 2011. I think it's Anesh D'Souza or something like that made it. And he's, like, the propagandist wing of the Republican Party, pretty much. And after I watched that, I was like, you cannot vote for, or you cannot vote for, um, Barack Obama, we got to go out there and vote for Mitt Romney or else we're going to, the whole world's going to come become Muslim and they're going to force Muslim and Shreel law in America and stuff. Like if you watch that thing, that's what you left there thinking. Holy cow, the world's going to be over. But that's the way that people think in America. It's absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, um, my entire point in this is this, guys. We need to get to the point where there is a viable third option within this political system. We as libertarians need to start working towards this. We need to start getting out there and not just holding our nose for the Republican and the Democrat. We're libertarians. Vote libertarian then. Get your friends to talk about libertarians. Invite them you know, out to meet other libertarians. Just have those conversations with your friends. We need to destroy this two-party duopoly that's going on. And it's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. It's going to take years. It might even take generations. But that's what we need to do because we cannot have a system where somebody that possibly might be completely and utterly corrupt and people are still going to vote for that person just because they're terrified of their side. I mean, we need to, what we need to do is figure out a system where it doesn't even matter who is the president because the government does so little that it doesn't even matter. I don't care if there's a corrupt person up there in Washington that's trying to do all kinds of corrupt stuff because he doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the whole money, like all this money that he supposedly can hold over the head of different countries. He won't be able to use that as as a way to force his will upon other countries because there won't be any money going to those other countries. There is no foreign aid. You won't be able to do anything corrupt because it doesn't matter. Very few things are you in charge of. You can't send people to war. That's what the Constitution says. Unless Congress votes on it. Congress hasn't voted on war since like World War II, I think it was. That's right. So... If there was a, if we had a president that had so little power, it wouldn't even matter. But we're fighting over this stuff because of that, because of the power. There's trillions of dollars at stake. Trillions upon trillions of dollars at stake when it comes to the federal government. And that's why these parties are doing that. What we need to do is get people in Washington. They'll start pulling apart the government. They'll start taking it apart piece by piece, starting with one thing and moving on to the next. We don't need this. Let's get rid of it. We don't need this. Let's get rid of it. And so on and so forth. Have a plan, a systematic plan to get it to the point where the government does so little that it doesn't even matter. The CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News go out of business because no one cares about what's going on in Washington because there's no influence there because it does so little. That's what we need. So keep the movement moving forward, okay, guys? Work to make your friends see the sickness that's going on in Washington right now. And then we'll start getting to the point where there's a th- viable third party. 
And we look at those other two parties and we say, you guys are just a bunch of idiots fighting back and forth in the corner. We're going to go out there and make things happen by breaking down the government and letting people be free, letting the states be free. That's what we need, okay? So um, make it a point this week, if you can, get out there and talk to your friends about that. Let them see that, you know what, If let's say Donald Trump is corrupt. Let's say Donald Trump is doing something that is completely wrong. Let's just pretend for, if they're a Republican and they're defending Donald Trump, let's just pretend he is doing something wrong. Should we vote for somebody like that? And they're going to say, yeah, because we don't want someone like Bernie Sanders to be in charge. And then at that point, you could say, well, doesn't it suck that we have a system where we have to deal with a system like that? Isn't it, doesn't it suck we have that kind of system? And then you could bring them towards the libertarian movement, right? There is another way, guys. Let me show you. Do that. And then... And then keep on coming back to the show, okay? If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe. And then come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Okay, it's official. First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody or if you happen to be in sales you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First year in sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do first year in sales dot com.